This podcast comes to you from nerdsthegeek.com. everybody and welcome back to another nerds the geek special presentation joel and tim's countdown to party down are, are we, we having fun, fun yet? yet we certainly are we're back to break down episodes six through ten we have not watched ten yet we're gonna watch that together and maybe you'll hear some of it maybe you won't but that's where we are we've watched six through nine and we'll talk about those now number six Taylor Stiltskin Sweet 16 with J.K. Simmons just putting in a world-class asshole performance. J. Jonah Jameson himself. <laughs> I, I was delighted thinking this whole time that that man is this, the farmer's insurance guy after this. Like, this, is, <laughs> this was part of his reel as he auditioned to be the dude who says it's okay <laughs> that your house burned down because <laughs> farmers is you're you're in good hands that's a different thing but like <laughs> i just every time he says something fall <laughs> night whatever he said i was like farmers bum, 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 bum. <laughs> comes back right like that character is in season two as well right i can't I think so. Yeah, I think I, so. I he said like something. Point. Yeah, <laughs> that's most of what I had. So I'm gonna let you you okay. try this one. exotic soups. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kevin Hart as a rapper in this, and then Ken Marino playing opposite him with the history of the microaggressive racism, just and then talking about soup. Just <laughs> that whole premise works so well <laughs> and it's just weed smoke and he's getting more and more comfortable and he shouldn't be getting more and more comfortable i know i told you to go with on your discussion Ed, yeah. but i just had to had to say that i was like if if you had just sold me on kevin hart and ken marino with that dynamic that's an episode like <laughs> i i would have liked to see them stand next to each other though yes i feel like we didn't see that you know <laughs> but yeah i also one of one of the nice fun things with this is uh kyle having his teeth whitened but they're like overly sensitive right. through the whole thing, and like so that's like a fun thing coming through of just him like being in pain the whole time and roman flicking his teeth to like you know for them and <laughs> and then him, him like it, hooking up with the the producer's wife yeah and it just not like again a high school thing is like you're in pain but you don't want to say no to right. th that that interact like this is high school. It's hell and it's high school. Yeah. <laughs> this is literally a, a high school party. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I mean, yeah, what J.K. Simmons, like that's one of the, the sort of shining things of this, just like this whole episode is just like every time he's on camera, just kind of hearing whatever, you know, obscenities he's going to throw out there and how like they're, I, I like how some of them are variations. Like I feel like at one point he says about like, cutting someone's head off and thing, but then like i'm gonna blow his head off with a bazooka and then down the bazooka hole like how so he's got That's like kind of, of like this he's got this kind of um you know uh, um uh what's the word template 
for like the type of insults he does, but he will like change. It's almost like Mad Libs, you know, like insert yeah. a word here, like bazooka, you know, like that's. I wonder He's if that's how they this part, you know, like <laughs> something explosive. <laughs> and then one of the things I mean, I, I yeah, this is skipping ahead a little bit but yeah like when kevin hart finally like leaves because the whole time he's supposed to perform he doesn't know when and he's like i'm gonna fucking kill your family and eat them out and shit him and he's good and kevin hart's just like no don't do that just call my lawyer <laughs> <laughs> like, like how he's unfazed by that he just is. call my lawyer <laughs> he's like that's fine if you want to sue me whatever deal but i'm not dealing with it i'm leaving that's what i have a lawyer for you know like <laughs> There's a great, uh, I screenshotted this as the Nerds the Geek origin story to send to to John. And it was Roman talking to JK and JK says, no one gives a a what you think. You think, dick. It's like, people care what I have to say. I have a prestigious prestigious blog, sir. (laughs) Nerds the Geek origin stories. Same thing. We are farmers. It's like. Insert podcast. I have a prestigious <laughs> podcast, sir. <laughs> now that's a little too close. I won't. I don't. We're taking that. <laughs> I won't have it that close. <laughs> but it, it's also like again, Roman does does the creepy thing in this one. Oh on yeah, this the, is where he's like, yeah, like I said, like predatory. Where it's like, this is a. It's just child. like it's <laughs> pity because he's he's complaining about comic book accuracy, which obviously that is a. a a thing you and I do sometimes, but mm-hmm. we we're not about it. It's also like they always mess with the comics. And they said, "Did you see Dark Knight?" Mm-hmm. To shit on it, and then they say no, and he's like, "Oh, we should go." So not only is he well, no, she says the no. Thing. My parents said it's too violent. So <laughs> that right there, like, even if he forgot where he was, that he's at a Sweet Sixteen party, she brought her parents into this. And then he proceeds to be like, we should go sometime. They, like, they really gave him no avenue for <laughs> redemption. And it's like, I, it, that's, <laughs> that dude <sighs> deserves nothing. No good things. I forgot that context. That, yeah. <laughs> and then he's like trying to dance with her later when everyone's dancing. And he's like uh, chasing her around the dance floor, like with his groin, like trying to dance with her. Stop. <laughs> Well, on that note. <laughs> well, I love with this one, too. Like, there's the whole thing with, uh, yeah, Brecken Meyer comes in and his character, who's an actor, who's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, like, I, I'm going to get you part of this young Abe Lincoln, you know, and like that, like that whole thing kind of coming up where it's like, oh, like, yeah, maybe Constance was right. You just have to keep believing and keep up the dream. And eventually you'll find yourself in the right place and time with the right person. And like you're starting to really think that it might happen, you know, and like, oh, cool. But then like, of course, like, you know, it's never the right time because he's yelling at someone else on the phone at some, you know, and, you know, and then eventually like, and I also love too, that like Henry's at that point where throughout the whole thing, he throughout the whole show, he doesn't want to say his catchphrase of like, are we having fun yet? But it's like, well, wait a minute, if this is going to make the guy happy who might give me a film job, then yeah, I'm going to own it. And this is, I think that was the, 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 the the screenshot from the the gif that you posted of him doing because it's like he's into it you know like every other yeah. time he says it he's, he's kind of just like oh but like yeah it's like when it's like 
yeah, like if this is going to get me a job, I'll be that guy, you know? So it's, it was a really cool twist to see, but then it's also like, yeah, like it's, it's an audition, you know, sure. Look at it that way, you know? So it's like, you know, and I, and it I, shows you like the kind of guys he has to appeal to in the business yeah. and like what he hates about it and how easy it was to slip back into it. Mm-hmm. You know, like he just is like, Oh, I'm doing the thing. I love that. He described him as like, I described this guy as the new Pacino. What does that make you? I'm the new, next Costner. I like, <laughs> I love that little pod. Like he's just so charming. I love that yeah. guy. Like mm-hmm. it, it's not been in anything for a million years. I feel like I haven't seen him in a long yeah. time. Probably the last thing was like, was it like a uh, uh, can't hardly wait. And then like road trip. I think those are the two big oh, things wow. I, think I know him from. Damn road trip. And, wow. And he does a bunch <laughs> of stuff on, uh, he did a bunch of stuff on robot chicken too. I feel like he's, gotcha. definitely, I think he does Boba Fett's voice actually on robot. Oh, chicken. Okay. Yeah. Back from the dead. <laughs> where he's like pretending he's not crying in the sarlacc pit in a weak way (laughs) i didn't totally just get pwned it's fine it's fine the part when it does like when he's got han solo and carbonate on the ship and he's like rubbing his hand on you don't want to fight anymore (laughs) (laughs) oh he's gorgeous he takes the helmet off But okay, so and it, I I also liked in that because this is the first inkling that we get that like Henry was talented. It's mm. not just that he had success in something he didn't really like and then did kind of evaporated. Right. It's that he's genuinely good at it, and we figure yeah. that out as yeah, this guy's going to vouch season. for him. You know, yeah, yeah, in, in like a really genuine way, and it's cool. I think it shows from what I've heard, that's an accurate thing of like actors do like to work with each other. And if they can, they can get a meet, but it's also like how much power they have and are they able to make the timing work too is part of part of mm-hmm. the difficulty of it. So I just thought it was really, really specific to Henry's journey is this mm-hmm. episode, but also really specific to the nature of the business as I think it is. I, I don't I have no practical experience, but it seems right, you know, like that, kind of you're you're waiting for the dick with all of the money to have time for you and maybe he'll consider it if his wife isn't sleeping with the dude you're gonna like that whole that whole aspect of it it's one episode it's half an hour they establish so much in these short episodes like it's really impressive yeah almost overwritten like i wouldn't say like in a faulty towers way i think at that time and like People, they talk about the writing process of Faulty Towers, John Cleese's show after um, mm. Monty Python, where it's like he was writing twice as many pages for the because it was just so much physical comedy, so many written jokes. Oh, and right. then this seems very chock full in the same way. Like episodes seem like multiple episodes because so many there's so many things to track, you know, mm-hmm. which is cool and why i love the show like i'm so yeah. excited like i i was going into it's like oh i like party down i'm like but watching it through this time i'm like oh man season two is really good too and i was remembering so i was like really excited like the episode where they're they're at the a playhouse that is the oh i love that episode <laughs> yeah. oh yeah little so, sizzle yeah. for next time listeners that one say about that yeah <laughs> well yeah and it, and it and it's so good like to see like and i always i always wonder i shouldn't say i always wonder i just thought of this now like 
when you're writing an episode like this, do you have to have like a little clue board game or something so that right. like okay, where are they are? Constance and 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 Casey are talking to the sweet sixteen girl in her room, trying to get her to come out of the room. So that's why Henry's alone for so long talking to this guy. And then at what point does does do Constance and Casey come out? And then that's when Casey and Henry finally meet up and say oh, now we're going to discuss this stuff. And he's, you know, and that's that's another sweet part of this too. When he talks to her and she's like supportive of him getting back into it, like to just do it, you know, and like, you know, so it's it's like really cool that like, you know, we, we see that, she, you know, she does want him to succeed, which like, you know, I guess you would have to be a shitty person to be like, I really am completely, you know, neutral about what happens to you in your life, you know, mm. but like the fact that she's like being supportive and like, yeah, you should go for it and this and that, which, which leads, I have a comment about, you know, one of the, the their later interactions in the scene, but I'll wait till we get to that point. But like, you know, when at first they're just kind of talking, but then at the point when, you know, yeah, when he's like, really like, I think he tries to talk to him. Oh, that's, yeah. It's when they go in the room, he tries to talk to, to him and does the, are we having fun yet? And then the girl's upset. So then like they leave and it's like, but then he tries again later and that's when Casey's like, yeah, just do it. And she like, she like kisses him. She's like coming on to him, you know, and like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's part of what like fuels it. And that's why he does that second try and, you know, is trying to talk to him again. And they're almost there. But yeah, like you were saying, like the with the money, like, oh, he's in a bad mood for some other reason right. now. And now it's like, Fuck you, I hate Pacino. You're not in my movie, you know, like, like, Fuck you know, so, it's so then like connected from from the creative excited passion thing yeah. too and i think that's mm -hmm. also really important like he's coming from this like hungry place and he's being supported by these other people who like want to create they want to do that thing and then they he's going to the least create the most creative thing he does is his insults like that yeah. there's it's just it yeah it's so less in that yeah. interaction and then like at the end when he kind of like when uh he's talking to casey and he's like, you still like me, right? And she's like, yeah, but I'd like you more if you were Abe, young Abe Lincoln or something like that. <laughs> and like, like, I think the first time I saw that, I was really kind of like hurt by that, you know, the idea that like, you know, but then like, number one, you know, it's like kind of like you mentioned, like that's part of her kind of playful personality. Like they have this kind of like, you know, like, like insult kind of sarcastic kind of thing. But then also like, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I think there is also a sense of, you know, like, like, her kind of coming on to him as she's trying to encourage him to like go and keep fighting and keep trying, you know, it's like, you know, like, I feel like people are the most attractive when they are being themselves, you know? Right. And, and yeah, like, I mean, maybe people would say this is a shitty thing. I know that when you care about someone, you're supposed to care about someone like at all points of life, even at their lows, but it's like, I don't think she's getting interested in Henry because he's a sad sack who's given up and wants to move in with his parents. It's, you know, like, Hey, you're in a rough patch, but this is temporary. Like, yeah, if, if he's a good actor, he should be pursuing it. You know, he should be continuing with his dream, which, you know, I feel like is, you know, that's ultimately the type of person you want, right. To push you to pursue your dreams, not to be like, I don't care. I'm just banging you. So if you go live with your parents, whatever, I'll find someone else to bang, you know, like, like, you know, so it, it's said in her own way, but I think mm -hmm. that's what she meant by that is like, you know, like I want to be invested in you, but as a person who's pursuing your dreams, not as a person who's going to move back in with his parents. Cause he really gave up, you know, like, so I think that's part of it is like every now and then we tell ourselves we're giving up, but then few days go back go by and you kind of get back on it and you keep trying or whatever you know so so i think that was like and, and again maybe i'm reading too much into it but i i i choose to see it as a this very 
kind of deep statement, you know, that like, you know, and, and this is something that's come up a lot too. I've heard a lot of people say this when I was younger, like being in a relationship, like this person makes me better. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Like I'm in charge of how good a person I am, but it's like, as I've gotten older and been in, you know, a healthy relationship, I see how true that is. Right. Because right. like, you know, I feel like, and this is something also from community where Abed one time says how like, oh, if you have friends that you care about, like you, you can change yourself for them. And the, the context sounds wrong. It sounds like you should just change yourself to be who people want you to be. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also about like, you know, this idea of you don't want to be that person who's just like, you, this is who I am. And it's like, well, but who you are is an asshole. Maybe you shouldn't be an asshole, you know, like, so I, you know, I, I think there is something to be said for, you know, and, and, you know, the point of relationships is to kind of like reassess who you are and how you're interacting with people and, and really kind of, you know, get in touch with who, who you really think you should be not, not just right. be who other people want you to be, right? But, but allow yourself to consider that like, oh, maybe I'm not, you know, Roman should do this. Maybe I'm not as great as I think I am. I should reevaluate that and see if there are things I can change to become better. That is you a know, great so- segue into this. This next episode is such a great yeah. model for that because yeah. of what Roman does and what Henry finds himself doing and seeing what that, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, Sorry, I wanted to open the door, you know, get through my stuff. So now, now is your Kevin Hart, or if you want to edit back in. I mean, I definitely did want to talk about that scene. It was just more that that was like, I feel like that's such a a, a big chunk in the middle. And, you know, it kind of leaves it where it's like, where do you go from there? I feel like that is kind of the climax of this episode is that that whole situation. It And it's, again, it's playing off. It's paying off the continued thread through the series that, Ken is inadvertently really microaggressively racist. And it just, it, it it's interesting how it's played in that setting and with, and it's him interacting with drugs. So we see kind of a little bit of the, <laughs> the past too. And it, it's like the, that interaction, he's really comfortable in that setting more than, so than he should. And it's like, it's Kevin Hart before he was in everything. So it's interesting, like the performance, like it's, I feel like a lot, more modern Kevin Hart stuff. He's kind of playing a version of himself in this. He was like kind of embodying that character, that rapper, which I thought was really, really kind of cool. And the fact that he's like, nobody's going to go to your shop. Like, you know where this is, right? You know, you need to do some demographic research because we're not buying that. Shit. <laughs> well, I love how much too, it's like a business conversation, right? Yeah. Like- because, you know, we never see him rap. I don't know that Kevin Smith actually, I mean, uh, Kev, uh, Kevin Hart can rap Kevin Smith. I don't know that Kevin <laughs> can rap or not, but it wasn't about that. It was about him as a businessman. Him as like, okay, this is a gig I'm getting paid to do. These are my conditions. I need to know what I'm going on. I need to know this. Where's the food? You know, like, the you know, and it's all that sort of behind the stage stuff, you know, which I thought was really, really, and again, which that's what draws Ron in. Because it's like, oh, I'm a small, I want to be a small bit. Super crackers, again, like that's motivating, like, every action he makes is super crackers, you know? So like the, the fact that that's why he's there and then that comes into it and, you know, and yeah, but like, the, like you said, they're discussing, yeah, like the, you need to do demographic research. And it's like, I'm sure Ron took that. I was like, Oh, that's okay. That's my next step. That's going to be in my next little, you know, portfolio is like, okay, the demographic or who likes soup, you know? And then I love how much they talk about soup too. <laughs> like, and, and the types of white people who eat soup. Like it was so great. <laughs> 
I had written down exotic soups. I can't remember the context, but it's just like the idea of them talking so seriously about it, you know, as a com- commodity. In the same, that's the thing. Like, it, like you said about he makes everything about that. He mm-hmm. he sees everything through the lens of like this is a way to get to that thing, mm-hmm. and it it it's really funny how seriously they take soup in this episode. <laughs> Salads, they're known for the soup. Yeah, like, he's like reassuring himself and them as he's saying. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and that's what I love too. They're having this like business discussion. They're like, "Oh, okay, I never thought about soup, but let's talk about soup. Why is it? Why is or isn't soup a good idea?" Like, you know, they're not just shooting down the idea. They're having this like business discussion about like okay how viable is it yeah what's the demographic what type of soups are we talking here like oh all you can eat soup is that you know is that something people want you know like like i love that it's like in a lot of ways it is a serious discussion even though they're they're all stoned and at this point and you know and <laughs> it is an interesting inversion of like it is the uh uh band that is having the problem with timing and getting on stage and all of that mm-hmm. instead of it being like the the talent's problem it's the party the party right. is inaccessible to the artist who's booked to play at it right. which is such an interesting inversion of our expectations in that like and this is again how long have we been talking about this 30 minute episode in the middle of the season mm-hmm. we learn so much more about the dynamics of these characters in this episode like i don't know it's just an interesting another origin point we're seeing so much more of ron and what again he's gonna do everything to get this thing and he he doesn't he's not he's not judgmental about where he's getting advice from you know like and he he shouldn't be because this is probably where he learns the most to improve like his ideas because every other thing he's kind of cloying and he latches on to these guys but they actually talk to him in a productive and, and generative way yeah. you know everyone else seems to kind of dismiss him which i think is yeah. also an interesting place for that character to speak from you know mm-hmm. and and learn from that's like so. the joke of super crackers <laughs> this, <laughs> this is why it's the wrong <laughs> he goes no 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 <laughs> He's like realizing it for the first. He never put it together. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you ain't gonna get any of our people in there, man. Like, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> All right, episode seven, Brandix Corporation Retreat. This whole episode, I'm like, good for Casey. Like, I, I, I love this episode for Casey because it's the first person who treats her like a comedian first. And that's all she wants. That's her identity. That's her dream. That's what she wants is somebody to think that she's funny and to, to do that, to make comedy, the thing that she's doing. And the whole time, like it's, it becomes twisted and gross as Roman interprets it. And then Henry interprets it after the fact, Mm -hmm. but like good for her for like making a connection, interacting with somebody wanting to work on stuff. And then also, Making out with a very attractive man. We find out the next episode that it, they actually got to hook up a bit. But, like, it, it's just so... The whole time, I was like, good for Casey. She deserves to have some freaking validation. Like, she's been shit on for so much of this show. Like, just by life. Not the writers. Like, the writers are just writing a really cool character. 
And in this one, she's like, she he's like, you're funny. You should be a comedian. Funny that you should mention that. Like, and it's not, it's not sleazy, you know, it's not any way the this the way Roman narrates the situation. And I think that's such an important distinction because much much of the action of it is Roman pursuing and figuring out what like what's going on. And then Henry dealing with his feelings about it and what is the jealousy he's feeling and following it and seeing what he looks like doing it. And I I think that's so important. And he, he realizes he's like, am I that guy? Hmm. (laughs) And Roman, when Roman is sitting outside of the balcony window, (laughs) this guy's not a finisher. What? (laughs) He's just watching the dude. Just by himself watching watching the hotels. Uh, he, he has no hangups, man. That's yeah. <laughs> he's better than us. Roman's just he's fascinated. It's not even from his. It's gross and it's it, it's predatory, but it's also he's just like kind of impressed by it. It's not even like it's a fascination, a morbid fascination. With this guy's not a closer. <laughs> <laughs> I also really like one of the things I know it's it's kind of like a minor part of this, but like the whole like team building aspect, like that's, yeah. you know, I feel, I feel like anybody who's worked in retail has had this sort of experience where it's like, you know, your manager is trying to force you to enjoy your job more mm-hmm. and, you know, to, to work as a team, but it's always, yeah, I feel like it's always presented in a way where it's like, let's play a game. And that's somehow supposed to trap, you know, transfer to what you're actually doing at work. Mm-hmm. You know, let's play a game that's fun and then go back to your work, which you hate and is stupid, you know, or, um, I don't know if you remember this, but like it was a big thing when I was working retail, the whole like fish philosophy, like there was a book written about this fish market where every day they're kind of playing and it's like this whole thing where it's like, oh, yeah, we're we're selling fish and what fish do you want? They chop the heads off and it's fun and they're having a good time. And I think they I don't know if they wrote a book about it or someone wrote a book and by observing it. But then it became this bestseller to like businesses where it's like, mm-hmm. we can make our business like this fish market. But it's like, I think the missing ingredient is that the people who own and run this fish market are probably like really passionate about It's probably like a Bob's Burgers situation, right? right. Like, like Bob's Burgers is different than people flipping burgers at McDonald's, right? right? You know, like this is his dream to open this, this restaurant and be able to make burgers and serve people. And that's what this fish market was. And they're trying to take that and like translate that into like, oh, so when you're selling our stupid clothes to people who don't want to buy it, this is the energy you should have. Um, so like, yeah, it was like that part of it was just like, you know, that was definitely like, um, uh, I, I wish we had a, 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 another word for this, but like, I, I don't like to say triggering for me because I know that that usually has to do with mm-hmm. actual trauma, right. but like that kind of, the, you know, I guess how you said, oh, I felt seen, you know, like <laughs> that idea of like, oh my God, like, the, the, you know, this, this douchey manager who's just like, yeah, we got to get more excited. And I remember being in jobs like that where the, the, the working conditions were like degrading. And as a result, all the workers were unhappy and the manager's solution was, we need to all start working harder and being better at our jobs, you know? And it's like, no, the, the answer is to improve the working conditions so right. that we're not angry and miserable, which is the why- work culture is the issue. It's not like, and yeah. that's that's on management to create good work culture to yeah. start. Like, yeah. that, and it's so interesting that like, when you are part of a team that's like people who've been around for a minute and like you actually work together and you enjoy it, 
team building's fun because it's not just awkward, but everybody's like invested in it. And it's like, hey, this beat's actually working. Whereas when when you're just part of this loose organization of uh, people who are like, we need a job and mm-hmm. we are forced to sit through this thing again and we're introduced yeah. to people we have no interest in meeting and it's all like very surface, very... And it <laughs> it's funny that in this episode, it's Ron who is the arbiter of the, the job training. We see the, the other guy kind of move in and out and that's the professional. That's his job. He's like right. paid to do it. But it's even funnier because Ron is trying to get them excited and he is failing so miserably. <laughs> like he's the wrong guy to do it. Like it, it's it's the material it, it might as well have been gibberish in his hands. He had, like mm-hmm. there was no chance of it working. Yeah. And I think that's really funny. Well, yeah, and, and yes, I feel like you see that, especially when he's like, oh, yeah, communication. You know, he's trying to, like, catch, like, these buzzwords of, like, oh, this is what teams need is communication. But again, like, playing this game and steering someone, like, how does that translate to doing this actual job in a way that you see as better? You know, like, you know, that, that you know, that's that's not, you know, even though I like metaphor, I'm not going to bother to decode that metaphor because I don't like doing this job. I'm not going to do the work to make me do this job better for you. You know, if you want to tell me do, you know, it's kind of like the office space thing of like, do you want me to wear 37 pieces of flair? I want you to express yourself. It's like, shut the fuck up. Like, don't try to force me to care about this. Like, if you want me to do a thing, I'll do a thing because I have to, because I don't want to get fired, but don't expect me to, you know, don't, I'm not going to want to do the dishes, you know, don't, you know, right. like that kind of thing where it's like, don't make me smile while I'm doing it. Just let yeah. me do Like, tell me what yeah. it is I need to do. I will do it. And we can stop interacting. Like, just yeah. like, it, know, know what the job is in yeah. the same way. Like know your role or stay in your lane. It's just like, mm-hmm. understand what you've done, where you've trapped me. Can yeah. you just make it as l- less misery as you can? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I had written down that Roman as a character is a great barometer for shit kickery. And I think that is what Henry learns in this episode is there is a way to be in the world. And if you are closer to Roman on that scale, you're doing it wrong. Right. And I like it, it really, it, and they're very deliberate. We watch Roman do the interaction with the cart thing. And there's so many opportunities for him to realize what it looks like that he's doing. Yeah. Is the glass up? He's unfazed. I Nothing love that. Yeah. She walks up, what? Him. I'm just holding a glass. Like, you know, like completely buys into the fact that I'm not doing anything wrong. You shouldn't be mad at me. You know, like, yeah. And then when Henry does it, you can see it's like, this is, he's continued. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing yeah. this? And it finally knocks loose when, when he sees Roman there. But he also is kind of <laughs> shitty about it to to Casey when they're doing like the ball sharing thing. Also mm-hmm. great is like Ken or Ron can't speak until he gets the ball and nobody wants to send him the ball. Like it, it just like, he's trying to do damage control, even though like, what did he expect to happen <laughs> in the same way? Roman is like berating the porn star about not understanding the difference between hard sci-fi and fantasy. Like what mm-hmm. did you expect the result to be? What positive could you gain yeah. from that? What is, what is, the winning there there's not like <laughs> you're only digging yourself further under 
And I, one of the things that I find fortunate about this episode, or not fortunate about the episode, but fortunate about Roman's actions is that how much of what Henry does is sort of egged on by what Roman is doing, like, mm-hmm. and how much of it is, well, luckily Roman said it so that Henry didn't have to, you know, that's fair. like, I, like I hear I do, it. Yeah. Hear someone say it too. Like Henry can hear it yeah. said and hear what it sounds like. Yeah. So I think, it, yeah, in a lot of ways, I think Roman may have saved uh, Henry and Casey's relationship because he ended up being the focus of all, most of that anger. I mean, you know, she was still angry at him, you know, because he still had some sort of like, you know, under the breath comments kind of thing. Right. So they were there, but they weren't as like in your face as Roman, which maybe they, yeah, maybe they would have been had Roman not been there. So, yeah, it's he's kind of like the Gollum in that episode, you know, like <laughs> that's good. He's not the I villain love. we deserve, but he's the villain. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of villains, Ricky Sargulish celebrated episode eight. This is also a really fun one. And it's a, another circle of hell because for Roman, this is hell. Because, and it's also like, this is where Roman like tries to save someone's life and he realizes he could, he didn't. And he gets to watch him like, we're going to kill this guy. Like, <laughs> I liked that. It was hell for Roman. He was like being berated. Everybody else was being treated better than him. Like it, it was a really good kind of like, that's the punishment. This episode was punishment for the previous episode. Mm. I felt like, and like, I love, oh no, no, <laughs> there's a joke I had written down where he was saying he fell down some stairs. No, he was like, hit by a rake. yes, he was talking about being, being abused in a relationship, obviously trigger warnings. It's not, that's not funny. Men get abused in relationships too. But the way Jade Lynch looks at this six foot four man and says, you told me you stepped on a rake. Like she believed him when he said he did the goofy thing. Like from Disney, steps on the rake. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I feel like that's a testament to like Constance's like innocence, right? Like just yeah. like you know, oh yeah, like I'm gonna believe what people tell me, not like you know, not like oh I know what that's code for. It's just like oh yeah, he stepped on a rake, like. Yeah, I'm sure that happens all the time. <laughs> ow, ow, that hurts. That that sounds awful. <laughs> my uh my my two biggest comments for this one was like this is the most uncomfortable episode. Really? And for me, yeah, like but between like well, and part of that like I kind of had that realization is I think why this episode is here is that like and I wrote so the tension between Henry and Casey is heightened by the whole mobster scenario. So like, you know, normally I feel like you have this thing of like, oh, you know, did she or didn't she hook up with um, um, uh, uh, Rick Fox? And then it's sort of like, oh, well, okay, I don't know. And plus our, you know, it's kind of like we had a fight, but maybe she doesn't hate me, you know, and and then it's like, oh, here's this this woman who's interested in me. Well, maybe I should maybe I should get back at her. You know, like this is kind of like, or or maybe not necessarily. I should get back at her, or maybe okay, that's crumbling, so I shouldn't be I need holding rebound. out. Rebound, right. you know, um, which you know it 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 has very much um um uh, uh, eyes wide shut vibes too. Like mm. that's what a big chunk of that movie is. I don't know if you've seen Eyes Wide Shut. I but, have not. Yeah, I'll, maybe I'll bring that to the podcast at one point, but um. 
but yeah, like, like this idea that like, I think she did this thing, so I should do the thing, you know, even though it hasn't been confirmed at that point, you know? Um, and, but also like, I feel like it, it does play into that idea where, you know, if they were in a relationship and got into a fight, you know, I feel like, oh, okay, I'm not going to let this woman kiss me because we're still in a relationship. We had a fight, but because it's so nebulous, it's like, well, I'm allowed to kiss other people. So why not? Why would I, why would I push this thing away? But again, like the layer on top of that is like, oh, this is, you know, her, her boyfriend is the guy who just got acquitted for murder. And I, I, I love how other times they say, oh, that means he's innocent. You know, like <laughs> he's acquitted. That means he's, that I think was like, oh, according to a court of law, you know, a court of law, you know, like, so like, you know, I, I think that's part of the purpose of it. And that's what like part of what makes me uncomfortable is that like, it's not just this idea of like, oh, this woman's hitting on me, but the woman I'm interested in is still here. And I still haven't established if number one, did she do anything with this other guy? Number two, is that the end of our relationship or not? You know, but then that added layer of like, oh, like this guy might want to murder you because you kissed his his woman, even though she came on to you. That doesn't matter, you know, like. And just the way that plays out through the whole thing and how like uncomfortable all that stuff is. Um, and the fact like, that like the second he can, he's like, Casey, help me. Please pretend to be in a relationship with me so that I don't get <laughs> murdered. And it just, yeah. it turns. I think, I think I had less anxiety about it because I remembered everybody kind of having a great time right. because they be, get treated like celebrities. And mm -hmm. it's like, even though the, and the person who seems to feel the most tension the longest is Roman because there's no release. Everybody else kind of gets a release valve on on the pressure. I just had a realization. I may be wrong about this, but so in the episode with the the singles thing, remember when he's telling him in the bathroom there are four important things in life, and he's like, "What is it? Love, friendship, sex." And then Henry's like, "What's that? Was only three. <laughs> That's another right. one of my favorite lines. He's like, "What's?" And he can't think of the fourth one. Mm -hmm. And in this one, when when the guy's doing like he's about to propose and he's I, I think he, I don't know if he's saying those exact same things, but I know he's listing like the important things in life. And I think he mentions like love, maybe friendship and then celebrities. That was the other thing, because <laughs> like as he's doing this big toast, it's like having the celebrities. Well, it's also like part of it. He's like he's like woman. Like he just kind of says that one flat. He's like, yeah. I've got good friends. I've got loyalty. I've got woman and yep. celebrities. That's how he, he punctuates. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go back now and watch each of those and see how each one's worded. And if that if that actually is it, if that's like the punchline to that joke is that the fourth most important thing in life is celebrities. <laughs> But well, and, and that was another thing. Like you mentioned, yeah, the part when he kind of grabs her and like we have to pretend to be engaged. Like I love that she goes along with it, and, right. which to me was like a good sign because I feel like if she was really pissed to her core, she'd be like, "Fuck you, man!" But like she senses know, the danger. I think, yeah, like yeah. You, she and, can see that he's like freaking out. Yeah, and and yeah, so she goes along with it, and it's like kind of this. I feel like it, it almost is a way of them coming back together. Right. You know, like it forces them to talk to each other to stand next to each other and, you know, at least temporarily resolve some of that stuff, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I think that that makes it, that, that sets the stage so that they can then have that conversation about why was he do, oh, because I kissed this woman who ended up being, oh, you kissed some, oh, well, I made out with Rick Fox, you know, like that kind of leads to this conversation of like, you know, them, them reconciling. So, um, so yeah. The, it's always I darkest love... right before the dawn. 
I love like like the last little joke is as as he's leaving, Margulis goes to <laughs> he's like, what were the notes? Thanks for the and he's like, how is the syntax? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because the whole time he hasn't been using prepositions, mm-hmm. but he says, "How was the syntax perfect?" <laughs> oh, I it's missed the it. I only. Missed that. It's the gonna... only grammatically correct line he says in the whole fucking episode, <laughs> and it's to punctuate the joke. He's like, "He's been fucking with you this whole time." <laughs> <laughs> I like the part when he grabs his mother by the throat and throws her out a window. <laughs> you list all good parts. I send you second draft. <laughs> I also, I, yeah, I think this is the episode, this is the second time where Constant met, Constance mentions, oh, the Coke was so good back then. And then she also, met, and I, I, I uh, sometimes I'm bad with names, but she mentions Jan Michael Vincent. Is that yep. the guy from Rick and Morty when they're yep. doing the trip? Yep. Okay, that was. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so it that's totally a real is. person. Yeah, Jan Michael Vincent is a real person. <laughs> So good. All right, let's do a penultimate episode for season one, episode nine, James Rolfe High School 20th Reunion. Fucking incredible. This this episode's so good. One of my And the the organizer, uh, what is her name? Melinda. She's in House of Cards, and I really like that actress. Oh, okay. Um, But just, again, it's high school, and it's hell, and it's actually high school, and it's actually hell. Mm -hmm. And... Just to watch Ken Marino in this episode, just in the height of the heights to the lowest of the lows. And he's just acting every part of it. Just just really great. I also love and Coolidge. Thing. Jennifer Coolidge oh, is yeah. in this episode. Mm-hmm. And it, she slots in so perfect. And she, the backstory is that she ran over Constance with her car to take her out of the running for a role. And I don't even think she got the role. Like that, that, that is the level of brilliant that this is. Well, I love that too. And I, I forgot about that by this point. And I forgot what episode it was, but it's either one or two where Constance is telling either um Kyle or or Henry, like, oh, I was auditioning for a role and I got hit by a car, but I read art, you know, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance and it blew my mind. So I love that, like, it, yeah, it's also a callback to that, but also that they remember, like, you were the one who hit constantly. Like, they knew about that. They remembered that fact and, you know, and how she's like, oh, she read it and it blew her mind. And it's like, Is that what you told her? Like, like the fact <laughs> that she says that so exactly she read and it blew her mind. Like, is that something you told her? Like, read this, it'll blow your mind. And then it'll be, you know, everything happens for a reason. I hit my, I hit you with my car so that you could read this book and it would blow your mind. Like, I wonder, yeah, like it makes me wonder how much of that was Constance's idea of like, oh, this is why things worked out or how much of it is her telling her that so that she'll be okay with the fact that she hit her with her car. <laughs> the whole, the, the, the dolphins laughing thing is just like, she just, whatever, you could give her any line of dialogue and she would have made it work it just it was so good and so so all at once like it wasn't like you gradually revealed her character she Mm -hmm. just what like you knew it within two seconds and this is the first kind of establishment of like the 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 changing roster right because we get jane i think in in this last episode that we're going to watch here live folks and then we're starting to realize that this is a roster that can change and that's kind of a cool ass. And also the way that they plugged Coolidge right in, just right in the same space. It was a little bit different. I don't know. Like it, it wasn't quite Michael Scott and Will Ferrell, like <laughs> D'Angelo Vickers. It wasn't that kind of that 
anticipation or trauma, but like that was a really good slot in. Like if you could almost imagine the the other universe where Jennifer Coolidge was in that role for the whole of the 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 season. You know, I, I loved that. I loved that it seemed modular. It made the cast seem modular mm-hmm. in that way. I love too that like you know she she comes in and we talked about like with Constance where like she has this sense of cosm- um, uh, toxic positivity, but like the way she presents it and who we know her to be, it makes it almost more palatable and it, it's more like uh, more genuine. I don't I don't know what it, I don't know why it's okay, but it seems more okay than it would be to the average person. Mm-hmm. Whereas with with Jennifer Coolidge, like she is the average person who just hi you just met me and you know nothing about me and I'm just gonna you know throw all this, you know, toxic, toxic positivity at you. And it's this, and you got to listen to the dot. You got to smile 50 times a day. And it's, it's so much more, you know, again, like a lot of this harken back to my, my new age phase where it's just like, you know, someone who's never met you, they've got this kind of list of 50 things, you know, do these 50 things that are all stupid and it'll change your life, you know, and which also I feel like ties back to episode two with the Republican thing of work hard and you'll achieve your dreams, you know, and it's just like all, everybody's got their, their thing that they thinks work, think works, you know, and, and so like, I think it was, it was neat. And that's what made her, I feel like different enough, you know, it wasn't like she was, it wasn't like they were doing Constance, but with a new actor, like you saw that she was like a shitty version of Constance in a way, you know? Yeah. And, um, and that was one of the things that like, when she's like, you have to come see this mug. And it, this was the other thing too. I feel like this is the perfect, I, I wrote the slogan down, follow your dreams to the max. Amen. Like, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, follow horse, your dreams. Right? that's like, not good enough that's not good enough you know everyone else is following their dreams you have to follow your dreams to the max and then oh we also have to make this a prayer somehow too and I, so amen you know and it's just like and the fact that she thinks that it's like so um uh profound you know and it's like you know and, and it was just like god damn like you know how, how many people i knew like that who who like and you know she's being written as a caricature and it's like no there are people like that there are people who <laughs> who will see that mug as a sign from the universe that they're supposed to follow their dreams. Um, yeah. And it makes you miss Constance. Like it, it, yeah. it, mm-hmm. it's this plug in, but it's also like it works in contrast. You, It's yeah. the bizarro Constance almost yeah. like you're getting. Yeah. 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 And like Constance is awkward, but she's got a good heart and you, yeah, you kind of realize like, Oh, I've grown to love her. Like she makes me uncomfortable, you know, but you know, she's a good person. Whereas with Jennifer Coolidge, like she's kind of like, yeah, too wrapped up in her own and, you know, and just kind of like, you know, Oh, I'm going to fix Henry because, you know, that's, that's my job. And if he, yeah, if he doesn't achieve its dream, his dreams, it's because he's not following my advice about all the stupid shit he needs to do, you know, like, so also with this this being a, a, a high school reunion, I also really enjoyed that it's it's a reunion of you know um, Ken Marino and Joe Lotrulio from the state, and then to Wet Hot American Summer, and then to this, which um, I, I I think I'm, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but I think yeah, I wonder if that's how Paul Rudd kind of got mixed up with gotcha, these people yep. too, from Wet Hot American Summer, but like. Yeah, like, because the two of them are, like, best friends in Wet Hot American Summer. So, like, they're kind of together, not, or not together, because, like, one of them goes to, like, be with this woman, you know, and it's just, but they're, like, best buds in it. So it was it was super cool to see them together, but also like, as, like, it's almost like they were those t- same two right. people who were best buds back at summer camp, like, 20 years ago, and now they're, one like, of them oh, grew up. yeah. So so that was really fun to see, too, and... um. Trujillo yeah. on the fucking ground with his ass hanging out, just doing, <laughs> just just delivering 
outstanding comedy. It's lay down comedy. He's yeah. doing lay down pants off comedy. <laughs> and it's hilarious. And it's only eclipsed in this episode by Ken wallowing in the oh my pool God. of projectile vomit. The funniest thing I've ever fucking seen is that <laughs> scene. <laughs> I, this time of watching it, I was just like, "That's a, that's an actor, man." Like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what Brad's doing. I don't know what Brad yeah. Pitt is doing, but this dude, that's that's the craft. Yeah, you're you're definitely like like that guy's dying. Like he, yeah, he needs medical attention. Like, <laughs> and not in a pretty way, in like a real life way. He is like that ugly dying. <laughs> I love how they were able to do it too, like cut it. Cause like, I feel like a lot of times in movies when someone throws up, they'll be like, and it's like a mouthful. It's like, Oh, you were holding that in your mouth and you spit it out. And, but with this, the way they're cutting back and forth, like at first he's like, and then he's laying there and then more comes out. But like, you, you know, you could tell they were like cutting back and forth, but like you see the pool growing where it's just like, this is, this is really gross listeners, but like the consistency of what they used Oh god. I've never seen something more accurate. And <laughs> and the way it moved as it grew, again, I'm sorry listeners, this is really gross. If you need to skip ahead, please do. But like it was the right viscosity. <laughs> the props. That's the I was going to say this earlier. Like the production value of this show is phenomenal. And I don't think you realize it cuz the catering shit is so cheap. Like that all of the locations, the places that they go and what they shoot around is really immersive. You believe those are real spots. But I don't know if it's the way it's cut or the way it's shot. It almost has that handheld, like, like office documentary style a little mm -hmm. bit to it, the camera yeah. work. But the, like where they are and what they spend money on it, with the exception of the, the prosthetic uh, uh, dong for <laughs> in that episode, like they seem... You, they seem to be spending money on important, you know, to comedy. Vomit is an important right. investment or investment on your your props <laughs> agenda. <laughs> I think we should just roll the next episode. Okay. All right. Here is episode ten of season one of Party Down, Sennheiser Pong Wedding Reception. And I'll get this started. We're at zero zero on the counter. We'll start it in three. Two, one, play. Staz, can you hear it on your end? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. I can't remember which wedding this is because there's a couple weddings that we yeah. see. I think this is the... Oh, shit. oh, this is the other... Valhalla is in this one, the other catering company. That's right, yeah. We like to see that. See, that's nice. They they work things out. Making out. Oh, she... <laughs> the writing is this in the cruise she finds out about the cruise at this moment sorry <laughs> oh that's right yeah <laughs> 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 
He has flashcards for uh, the boat and the captain metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Is it working? <laughs> the boat and the captain. Holocaust thriller. Oh, Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica Mars herself is this show. <laughs> the evil caterers. Like, there are evil ca caterers in this episode. <laughs> I wish on The Office there was an evil paper company. It was like. <laughs> driving yeah, that's the first time that's ever happened <laughs> <laughs> Coolidge has been holding that glass this whole time she's just holding <laughs> She's so perfect for this show. Like, this is such a great injection of a different energy. Yeah. <laughs> he's a little... He's, he's so shaken. He's flustered. What is the hair for? See the Kyle of the group. She's doing such great acting, like the the eye acting of listening to the Bluetooth call. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> she got laid three weeks ago, so she's good. Like that. Oh, I like, I like how she says, as for the blonde, I feel like usually it's a man <laughs> referring to a woman as the blonde, but it's like her referring to the to Kyle as the blonde. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a good line it's yeah. a good line rings true i like that one together <laughs> oh, oh god, god. <laughs> fucking cooling <laughs> Coolidge is unhinged <laughs> I totally spaced that that's the, that was the thing Drop a cap. <laughs> I mean, fair, fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what a mess <laughs> I'm pausing it briefly the fact that they wrote Jennifer Coolidge onto this show and then within an episode her gimmick the thing that she's doing in this episode is being high on magic Muff. <laughs> like the the audacity <laughs> to do a perfect thing just to write a perfect thing for a perfect actor <laughs> <laughs> all right listeners we're at 7 30 i'm gonna hit play here in three two one So is he, he's scrambling, right? Like he's thinking she's going to yeah. leave. So is it like work? Just do the work. Are you, well, no, I don't think he knows she's going to gonna leave yet, right? right? She hasn't She hasn't told him yet. I think it's more just like he sees Ron like panic and jet and it's like, oh man, I have to hold this stuff together. That's fair because he, he's on the way down. Like he's yeah. through a downward spiral and if anything's going to get done. Stupid. Judy Dench, they lost Judy Dench. 
<laughs> That's a great line. I went to college. I didn't, but I still get the irony. <laughs> She's still got her glass. She's had that prop the whole episode. <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge <laughs> does she come back next season or is she only in there for these two episodes I think next season at some point Megan Mullally comes in instead. Yeah, like Megan yeah. comes in and takes like the constant slot, but yeah. Coolidge is hilarious. He's looking out for his buddy. Yeah. It's good. He looks better, like he's shaved yeah. up. He's like taking care of himself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Fair. Ron. Ron is drunk in the back of this van. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> I forgot he tagged it with. Like, oh, she goes started. to climb in the van with him, and he's like, no. <laughs> That out of breath cry thing. Yeah. <laughs> you never see that in stuff. <laughs> so many six <laughs> oh god that's asking a lot you really see how good an actor adam is in that scene like yeah he's like i am trying to hold it together <laughs> oh 
Didn't he switch it too? Yep. He, he switched it around. <laughs> He's just doing a one in one out situation. It's just too funny. Once again, a circle of hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying that. Supersonic. <laughs> oh God, I love how much everything is falling apart. He just leans into it. Don't stop believing. Grandpa's eyes. The claustrophobia of so much is happening so quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He just sizes her him up. <laughs> Ouch. Present. What a child. <laughs> You're not to look up. Oh, <laughs> it's hell. It so is much hell. Is oh, here he is. Oh my god.
could have been done. You could have had so much opportunity to not be the dude you are. Yeah. And he just triples down. Yeah, like he's going to come back. Yeah. What? This. <laughs> the worst of the worst. This is like the worst journals, too, because there's like, they don't have yeah. the little divider in between, plus they don't have like the edges. It's like. This is like. It's like an outhouse. It's like in somebody's house, they put two urinals. He didn't write the fucking show. This is a nightmare, literal nightmare. Talking oh to God. somebody at a urinal. Mother. Doesn't he end up getting food poisoning despite that? Like, <laughs> like yeah, I forget what happened. <laughs> the vomit acting yeah. acumen here <laughs> vomit acumen <laughs> well it's gonna get worse <laughs> A lot of this is like unsaid stuff. Like they're yeah. really good. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> wow. I feel like the first time I watched this, I was totally unfair to her. Like, this is so, of course she does this. Like, yeah. why wouldn't she go and pursue this? Like, that's not, that's, that's self-projection. You're, you're fine. 
go do you. <laughs> What's well, also, I feel like that's that's sort of like <laughs> that type of thinking is for normies, you know. Like if you're in that sort of industry, like that's your life. You got to take the gig, you know. Like yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> this has come back already. Oh, God. It's your wedding, dude. <laughs> oh my god he latches so much <laughs> talking about a clump of parsley <laughs> she thinks it's a market oh it's hilarious <laughs> oh god oh poor guy is that Sulu? <laughs> and now it becomes Sulu's hell because he's stuck there. <laughs> Oh no. I feel like that that phrase oh no is like a through line in the yeah. whole series. <laughs> That's on the show bible. Oh no, the series. Yeah. She's so good. So good, such a great actor. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Big dumb animal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
what a line. <laughs> the new base jumping film. <laughs> Hard R, that's fun. Don't do that anymore. Oh, no. They killed Sulu. Oh, that's so sad. Does does somebody come and say it to him, I think? Oh, no, he gets the... So much has happened to this guy in this afternoon. Oh, I can't remember what the tag is. Because don't they have an after credits thing? Oh, yeah. Or is, yeah, they always do. That's one of my favorite things. Yeah, there you go. Back to Coolidge. <laughs> oh, do they hook up? She answers. All right, Scott. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Henry doesn't even think he deserves to look at the fireworks. Yeah. That's how miserable he is. That distance is so important. All right. God damn. All right. Real quick, final thoughts, postmortem on this. I'm still having fun. Are you still having fun? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've been having fun yet since. <laughs> I am. I remain having fun. <laughs> well. We'll see you all next time for episode one through five of season two on the countdown to party down. I'm having fun yet. <laughs> I'm having so much fun yet. <laughs> well, wait, no, that way it sounds like a question. It sounds like I'm having fun yet. It's like, no. Yeah. Yes, I like that too. <laughs>
I'm having fun. Yet. Yes. <laughs> Are, Are we, we having, having fun, fun yet? yet? 